I'm going to be speaking today about fire. Yeah, from James 3, fire from James 3, and a little bit from Acts 2. But I'm, I changed things up a little bit this morning. I've got, if, if you notice, we normally have kind of like a speaking stand, but we've got this table and this stool here um, because I wanted to use it as a picture for you all. So Jesus, when Jesus came to earth, it was customary that when people were reading from scripture, they would stand, they'd open the scrolls and read from the scrolls and stand. And then when they finished reading from the scroll, they would sit down and then they'd start talking about it. And you would, you would dialogue about it with one another. And he would speak and people would listen. And there was just this, this exchange. And I just love the picture that there's, there's real awareness of the words that are being spoken. So when the words, these were the words of tradition, these were the words of scripture, these were the words of, of, of the scroll, right? Of the prophets and the law. And then you could sit down and it would be a visual to the listeners that, okay, now we're, it's different. These are different words. And James, we're in the book of James, and today we're going to be talking, reading from James 3, and it's about words and understanding words. So think about um, the, the uh, Dunkin' Donuts slogan. What is it? America? Yes, thank you. America runs on Dunkin'. <laughs> Remember in high school, yeah, what does that say about America, right? <laughs> if donuts are our diet. But um, remember in high school or in a beginner writer's class when you do the rhetorical triangle, you do like, who's the author? Who's the audience? What is the context, right? And that helps you be aware when Mountain Dew tells you to do the do, oh, they're trying to get me to do something that's really to their advantage, not necessarily to my advantage, right? So we learn that, we learn to be aware of who's speaking when and the words and the power of words. Hopefully, we become, over time, aware of the power of words, especially marketing words, right? <laughs> so today you get to choose. You get to choose whether I'm reading scripture you know, straight from the book of James or Proverbs or wherever I'm going to be reading from, you get to choose. Are you going to let these words, are you going to engage with them? And when I'm sitting here and talking and giving you thoughts that I feel like the Lord has led me to this week, you get to decide, you get to choose. Am I going to let these words engage with me or not? This is, this is up to us, right? This is our choice. So, Ultimately, though, we're asking the Holy Spirit to speak to us, right? Ultimately, we've come here today because we're saying, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you speak to me? Would you do something in me that'll make, bring me and make me alive? So I asked um, Steve, come on up, Steve. I asked Steve, he's always my, he's always so willing to volunteer. So <laughs> I call him often, <laughs> say, Steve, will you help me? I asked Steve to share, whoops, it's a little bit of a wobbly table. I asked Steve to share, um, tell me about some time, some words 
have been hard for you, words you've heard, words spoken to you that have been hard for you? Without a doubt, the hardest one that I've ever heard is when I was fighting with disgruntled teenagers in my home. And the first time I heard one of them say, I hate you, it crushed me to no end. It only happened about two or three times, um, but that was probably one of the most difficult. You want me to keep going? Sure. Give us a few examples so we can all relate. (laughs) So I've been called a lot of names that I can't repeat here. Okay. Yeah, please don't repeat Um, those. (laughs) I've been in the service and been around some construction workers, and so their language is colorful. So we had lots of names for each other. Um, Ones that I can think of are jerk, selfish, controlling, mean, ugly, skinny. I haven't been called that in a while. (laughs) So when I was in high school, I weighed 145 pounds. That was 70 pounds ago. So they don't <laughs> call me. Telling us. So skinny was skinny was a curse to me when I was in high school because I was that big around. What else? Um, yeah, those are the ones that Thanks. jump. Okay. Anybody relate to some of those words? Maybe not. I might not have been called skinny, but <laughs> how about um, positive words or words that were meaningful in a helpful way to you? So... When any of my family members or others say that I love you, and when my eight-year-old granddaughter says I miss you, that's like the best words for me in the world, is hearing my granddaughter say, Papa, I miss you. I mean, that makes my heart grow bigger than it is. Um, Things that I have appreciated um, at work when my guys say, hey, that was really a great idea that you came up with. Um, Or, um, again, this is one I haven't heard in a couple of years. Have you lost weight? It looks like you're looking pretty good. Haven't heard that in a while. Um, Yeah, that that kind of stuff. or Or the old faithful one for a guy my age is, hey, you look pretty good for a guy your age. That never hurts. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that, Steve. I asked him to share just so with the idea that hopefully we can relate each one of us to times that words have been spoken to us that have been positive, times that words have been spoken to us that have been hard. I mean, you can't be alive on the planet and not experience some of those things, right? This is the way it is. Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The message puts it this way. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Words are that powerful. Words are so powerful. In the big book of James, in the first chapter, right from the beginning, James says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, we must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Then it says, um, James 1.26, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Wow, so much of our testimony, so much of our witness, 
So much of our ability to bring healing and life is about the power of our tongue. You know, it's, isn't it your preschool teacher says, everything you learn in life, you, you need for life, you learn in preschool. You know, we have two eyes, two ears, and one mouth, right? <laughs> we learn that very early on, learning how this mouth, this tongue, this thing that gets out of control. There was a writer who wrote, he said, people talk too much. Humans aren't descended from monkeys. They're descended from parrots. It's like, oh my gosh, I think so. We get it, don't we? Please tell me I'm not the only one who sticks her foot in her mouth, <laughs> digs a hole, and then digs it deeper, right? We've all been there, right? <laughs> Let's read from James 3, and I'm going to read the message version. And it opens talking about teachers, and he's talking about teachers in the church. But I want you to put in any sort of teacher, put in a Put in, you could put in your favorite social media, your Instagram influencer. You could put in a communicator, a TED Talk person, a church person, a pastor, a leader. Think about this. Don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. And I'm going to read 12 verses, okay? So let's just let this sink in. I should stand. This is from Scripture. Don't be in a rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards, and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person and perfect control of life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God, our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth? My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? Oof. Thank you, James. <laughs> James was emphasizing Jesus's words from the Sermon on the Mount in Luke 6, 43 through 45. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury 
of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. These are hard words, aren't they? These are tough words. Um, Theodore Roosevelt's oldest daughter, her name was Alice, and, and she's well known for saying this. She said, if you don't have anything good to say, come sit next to me. <laughs> Not a very nice thing to say. Theodore Roosevelt says this about his daughter. He says, I can do one of two things. I can either be president. No, he says, I can only do one of two things. I can be president of the United States or I can control Alice Roosevelt. I cannot possibly do both. Alice was a lot like her father, I think. <laughs> what is in your heart today toward others? Is it blessing? Is it cursing? Is it fresh water or bitter water? Am I praising God in one moment and then turning around and cursing people around me made in God's image? Maybe my kids. We watch this horrible show called The Goldbergs, and the dad is always calling his kids morons. You moron! It's terrible. It's a terrible show. I don't recommend it, but we laugh. <laughs> Maybe we say about our parents, they're clueless, or our boss, oh, there's such a tight wad. Words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit. We get to choose. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos. Think about harmony turned to chaos with just words, just like that. We can throw mud on a reputation. We can send the whole world up in smoke. Remember the Dixie Fire in California? It's the largest fire in California. Over 963,000 acres burned. What's interesting is it started with a spark, right? An electrical problem with a utility company way out, I don't know, in, in rural area, the spark, it lit. Just this littlest thing. Now the guy who was supposed to go out and fix it, he was stuck on a bridge during the bridge was being repaired. And so he couldn't get past the bridge. By the time he got there, he tried to work on it and he tried to get the fire out and he couldn't. So then he calls for backup to the rest of the ground crew coming from another direction. And they couldn't get there because ro the roads were in such bad shape. Then they call in the air the air support and the helicopters come in and someone with their drone was in the way causing harm to the helicopters and so what happens next the air control is thwarted all of just one spark and there it goes do you ever feel like you've sent a text message or posted something on social media and next thing you know it you're like oh do i get this back please once it's out there, it doesn't come back, does it? That's the spark. That's the fire. And how interesting, James, over 2,000 years ago, 
Same, same problem we have today, right? Who knows what it looked like going over the Roman roads? Not as fast, I think, as it does on social media. Out of the same mouth, there's both blessing and cursing. To bless, what does it mean to bless? To bless is to ask, invoke God's favor for, give a benediction for, consecrate, sanctify, dedicate to God, make holy, make sacred, to hallow, to give thanks for. I think about in, in forgiveness at the end of the book of John, I believe it is, God, when Jesus sends everyone out in the Great Commission, he's like, you have the power to forgive people. You can go out in the world and forgive people. I mean, that's what God gives us as his disciples, the, the power to go out and to invoke God's favor on people, to bless them, to sanctify them, to dedicate them by and to make them holy by the blood of Jesus. We get to tell people, we get to bless them with the things that God's done in our lives. To curse, it's to damn, to jinx, to hex, to afflict, to trouble, to plague, to doom, to swear, blaspheme, take the Lord's name in vain, to cuss, call people's name on the work site that you're not supposed to. <laughs> Call our kids terrible names around the dinner table, right? Those sorts of things, we can, we can reject them. We can, we can spark fires, guys. We can spark a flame that smokes like hell. So on one hand, we have this warning about the power of the fire of our tongues. But remember the day of Pentecost, Remember when fire came from heaven and tongues of fire came and brought power to the witness of the disciples. It says in Acts 2, 2 through 4, suddenly a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated them and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. It's like there's another kind of fire, right? It's the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. And when we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, it can come out and it comes out in our words. It comes out in the way we bless people and how we speak to people. I love it. In the next, in a couple chapters later, Acts 4.31, it says, after they prayed, the place they were, they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So there's this connection between the Holy Spirit being inside of us and being able to speak the word of God boldly. There's a, there's a Psalm, Psalm 29, read it this week maybe. And it talks about the voice of the Lord. And it's just this exciting, cinematic, epic kind of chapter. It's so fun to sing and pray and declare when we worship. But it says, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. I'm just going to read a few lines. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. It's just this beautiful passage about the Lord's voice. But verse 7 says, the voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. 
I just love it. I'm like, Lord, would you divide the flames of fire in my life? Would you divide the flames of fire? The fire that comes from my tongue by the power of the Holy Spirit and the fire that comes from my tongue out of a bad place that needs healing and wholeness. Am I the only one? Anybody agree with me? Thank you. <laughs> Lord, would you do that today for all of us? Remember in the book of Genesis, in our origin story, remember the first thing we know about God is not him as our deliverer, not him as our judge, not the king, not the shepherd, not the savior, but the creator. In the beginning, God created. This artist, the first way we get to know God is as this artist. And what was this artist's medium? Well, he used clay, right? Or he used the dirt of the earth. I don't know what it looked like. I, I, don't, I don't know. But it says, God said, let there be light. God said, let the water separate. God said, put the lights in the sky. God said, let living creatures and animals swim in the sea. God said, let's create humankind in our image. God said, God spoke it. There's power when God speaks in the voice of the Lord. Ephesians 1, 19 through 20 speaks about this power and says, the incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. That power is at work in our lives. That power that created life is at work in us. And we get to go about speaking life and blessing. When we sing that song, come awake in the city, when we sing that song, we're speaking it into the heavenlies. And when we pray, as Kelly Joe led us to pray, for people like my friends who I know who are in troubled places and I'm calling out their names as I stand here, God hears these prayers. And we're going to read a few more scriptures about that. We access God's, we come into an awareness of God's presence. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. There's power when we open our mouths in thanksgiving and praise, we come in to that power of the Holy Spirit. It's so awesome. Number six, 23 through 27. I think I skipped some things. Thanks, Grace. On purpose. Um, may... Is there, may the Lord, is there a verse before that? Did I forget it? Thank you. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. Okay, so this is in the Old Testament. God gives the priests, God gives the leaders of, this, of the Israelites the power to speak this blessing. And we've heard this beautiful song. May the Lord bless you and protect you. 
May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Now look, look at this next verse. Whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. How interesting. It's like God was waiting for Aaron and the leaders to bless the people so that God could come in and bless as well. Are there places in your life where you don't see blessing? Could it be that God is waiting for you to bless so that he can bless? I just think that's so incredible that he gives us, that he wants to relate to us that much, that he wants to partner with us that much. It makes me think of God asking Adam to name the animals. Like, let's do this together. Let's do this living on earth together. And then, of course, we know from the New Testament, 1 Peter 2, 5, you are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. We're the priests now. Amen? We get to say the blessing. We're the priests. Every one of us, when we believe on the Lord, we become a kingdom of priests, and we get to speak the blessings and it's not just about the church. It's not just about the people we like. This is when it gets hard. <laughs> what does Jesus say? Matthew 5, 43 through 44. You have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, <laughs> this is like Jesus saying, you've heard this said, but now I am saying something different. Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Wow, that is so hard, isn't it? It's so hard and we hear about courageous people who do this in, in truth and reconciliation programs or in um, forgiveness um, exercises and just things that people do and we go, wow, wow. And we think of it as some far off thing, but then God is asking me, God is asking you, God is asking us to do this, to love our enemies bless those who curse us. And it doesn't stop there either. It goes even beyond that. Genesis 12, 4, Father Abraham, right? We're blessed to be a blessing. Genesis 12 says, this is God speaking to Abraham. God says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So there's this thing. God wants us to be people of blessing to the ends of the earth. You guys ready for that? <laughs> it's kind of a lot to ask. 
So I want to do something a little different here. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up here, please. I want to read a couple other passages about speaking blessing, speaking life, speaking words. Colossians 3, 14 through 17. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I've been last week and then this week, there was this... Um, I used the analogy last week of when that our lives need to be congruent. Our heads need to be congruent with our hearts and our hearts with our hands. We walk the walk. We don't just talk the talk, right? That's from James, James 2. And there's this idea in music. You, your music is in harmony. It's going along. And then when we're not, when we do something that is not um, congruent with what we say or what we feel, then we feel dissonant. We feel that dissonance or that irritation in the music and in the harmony. And here it is again, love binds us together in harmony. And let the peace of God that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Ephesians 5, 18 through 19 says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So I was listening to a speaker this week, and he said, oftentimes people who are communicating, they have three, they have one of three strengths. One is they're a feeling speaker. They make everybody feel good and put it, you know, oh, yes. Or, or even they might identify with the hard feelings too, right? And then there's the speakers that give you the knowing, like they got the knowledge and you're like, wow, I learned so much and now I know so much. And then there are the speakers who are the doers. <laughs> they get you doing something. Well, I'm kind of a bit of a doer. I'm an activator. I like to do stuff. <laughs> so the people who don't like to do that makes, that, that drives us crazy, right? <laughs> But I hope we're a place where all three are constantly, like on our Sundays, all three are set in motion. I pray that we feel and experience God in this place. I pray that we, we just have that feeling God is with us. I can sense God in this place. And I love it when people um, will come in um, and say, wow, you know, sometimes complete strangers come in here, just so you all know. And they're like, this place feels different. I'm like, yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. Other times I hope we're like getting truth bombs and are, we're like, wow, I know, cause I know, cause I know it's like sunk in. And then other times I hope we leave this place saying, I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna go do what I heard. I'm gonna go apply what I learned. 
So we sing this song a lot, um, the blessing. And as we sing this song, we're gonna, we're gonna sing it a couple different ways. So um, we're gonna start by having the worship team sing it over us. And we're gonna sing it back over the worship team, okay? Because this song isn't, um, this isn't a song we sing to God. This is a song we sing to one another. So are you ready for that? You guys wanna bless this worship team? And, and if, if uh, Lori and Kathy, they're, they're on our worship team too. So you get this blessing too. We're singing this to you. And um, my dad and Bryson, we're singing this song over you as well. So um, sing it over us. Why don't we stand? Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you lord turn his face toward you and give you peace lord bless you shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. if you're willing and you'd like we're going to kind of turn and look towards each other if, and just look around and sing this to one another and maybe look across the room maybe this side of the room how about this side of the room looks this way so that you don't have to look like you're staring into anybody's eyes and this side of the room looks that way how's that work and I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna turn off my microphone, but I'm gonna sing into the camera so those of you at home know I'm singing to you. So, and we'll, we'll sit here for a little while, okay? Go for it. So Lord bless you and keep you Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. And I 
upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and his children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you in the morning in the evening and you're coming and you're going and you're weeping and rejoicing he is for you 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 I'm not saying co-workers are enemies. That's not what I meant. But just looking beyond us. Think about other students at school. Think about your colleagues, your clients at the other end of the Zoom call. The C-suite in the upstairs office. The kids and the parents at the other side of the playground. The homeless veteran at the intersection, healthcare professionals caring for us, law enforcement patrolling our streets, government officials providing services for our country, and then the nations. We can look at the flags above us and bless the nations. Whoever God puts on your heart from that long list, quite a list, let's bless them. Let's bless them. Can we do that together? Let's do this. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children, and their children, and their children. May his presence go before you, and behind you, and beside you, all around you, and within you. He is with you, he is with you. In the morning, in the evening, and you're coming, and you're going, and you're weeping, and rejoicing. He is for you, 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 
can be hard. It's also wonderful, isn't it? I can, I know that it feels good to bless people too. But sometimes what is in our heart isn't, isn't blessing, right? Sometimes we got to take care of that. And so the Holy Spirit's going to direct you how to take care of that. You can ask the Holy Spirit, how do I, how do I do this? What do I do? And you can talk with friends, process with friends, confess to one another, and we're healed, right? And we have prayer team over here. You can reach out to us online or a phone call. But here's the deal. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, comes in and brings life, right? And anoints us and gives us the power to speak words of life. God said to Moses, when he's like, I cannot go back to Egypt and bless that place and deliver those people. Exodus 4.12 says, go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. Go, he's going to help you speak and teach you what to say. Luke 21.15, to the disciples, Jesus says, when they reach hard times, he says, I'll give you the right words and such wisdom. So let's go in that confidence that God's working on our hearts and then he's gonna give us the words to say. Amen? Okay, God bless you all. God bless you. And we'll see you all next Sunday or during the week when we get together, when you invite one another over and pray one another with one another and have lunch with one another. Amen? <laughs>